welcome one and all to the Marvel Movie Podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Don't come at me with no damn gifts. The Marvel Movie Podcast by Fantastic Geek for the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special is brought to you by GoBots. They killed Drax's cousin. <laughs> Pete, as we as we shift into the holiday season here, new season, old season, etc. The Andor season one finale podcast is up. We'll be uh, looking back at the season as a whole this upcoming weekend. But uh, really, really enjoyed talking about this uh, season finale of Andor. I can't believe it's over 12 episodes. Episode 201 filming right now. Uh, so see in 18 months to two years, but we've got a lot in between, especially that wrap of the first season and looking ahead to the second season to chew over coming to you this Saturday. Pete also have to note that in the recently concluded third weekend for uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, uh, a movie that started slightly slower in terms of box office compared to the first Black Panther movie, slightly slower than uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Probably also, you know, a good comparison, a sequel movie, post-COVID and so forth. It had started a little slower than those two, but just in the last couple of days, it has overtaken uh, the the daily pace. You know, we're at day 17 here for uh, Wakanda Forever. Uh, it's overtaken the pace of uh, Doctor Strange 2 uh, with... $367 million in the U.S., 307 international for a super impressive $675 million, 0.5, Pete, I'll put the 0.5 on there, $675.5 million uh, across the globe. And I know it's moved up to the sixth highest grossing film of the year thus far. I think it'll uh, ascend ever still. So super healthy box office on that, especially considering Matt, it's nearly three hour runtime. Um, and our podcast thoughts also available for you on the Marvel movie podcast feed. Pete, as we start to turn the corner towards uh, talking about this holiday special, uh, the, the details, a tight lid kept no Bob Chapek run to monetize and do Disney plus goodies and so forth that might have possibly ended up in a spoiler, right? Not at all, except when you flip on your Marvel Legends, which, in fairness, if something needs to change about that, it's perhaps publicizing, hey, this week there will be two new Marvel Legends on Mantis and Drax for you to check out ahead of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but a fairly uh solid spoiler uh placed in the mantis one ahead of this special uh and pete since we're talking about the special as a whole what what did that special uh what, what did that marvel legends spoil not really the place we should be hearing for the first time yeah we kind of can put two and two together, but to hear that Mantis is indeed the sister of Peter Quill in a supplemental thing that really should have been reserved for the special. Tisk tisk, whoever dropped the ball there. Tisk tisk, indeed. Lastly, Pete, want to note that uh, the special presentations are accessible. Why don't you explain more about that? 
a piece in the Hollywood Reporter, Matt, that I forwarded to you. Uh, apparently, it's a thing now where um, viewers are so concerned about the amount of content that they can't just go to a film or watch a series. Uh, so now the idea that a special presentation, oh, it's the perfect bite for them to be able to jump in. Pete, I think bites of all different sizes are wonderful, particularly I think most of these movies are made in a way where you can say, hey, it's a fun adventure where people fight and have laser beams or magic beams or, you know, whatever it might be, space beams. Uh, Pete, although my heart must go out for the beleaguered critic that must watch so much <laughs> content on, on uh, you know, screeners from their home and then write about it and then... Like press <laughs> press upload and then the Hollywood reporter's like good job now you can go interview Ryan Coogler and James Gunn on our dime and then write an article about it Pete but let let our hearts go out to them yeah it's not really uh, a a factual thing to say that there are plenty of fans who can jump in at any film at any series Take Guardians, for instance, Matt. There were people that saw that, and that was their gateway to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You can pick up any of these. Our listeners are intelligent enough to know this, and then go back and watch what you hadn't seen. Um, so to insist that a special uh, in a series of films that has you know reached its third volume and then has... Uh, you know, yet to release that third volume just yet, and also has appearances, the characters in the big team up uh, two parter. Like, can we calm down a little bit? Like, oh, finally, Marvel has figured out their accessibility problem. When we catch you up on what went down. A Marvel Studios special presentation, the Marvel Studios Christmas card, complete with snow, Shuri in the uh, Black Panther suit there. I'm sure a lot of people noticed that. And the lights around it before Matt breaking into the, shall we say, tradition of science fiction, fantasy, holiday specials of animation and live action? Uh, definitely a surprise. I was there watching with the family and I'm like, uh, I thought I had prepared them for a lot. <laughs> this is, wait, all the footage was live action? Indeed, my notes, uh, <laughs> my notes say in space, dot, 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 animated space, question mark. Um, it is, of course, young Star-Lord and... Uh, by virtual flashback back from the dead uh yondu uh nice to have him back pete i will never forget when we went to a new york comic-con panel of uh the had michael rooker interviewed by a very nice man i want to say maybe from the wall street journal or the guy had written uh, a compendium or something about walking dead but the question it was more of a, a thinking man's interview with michael rooker and rooker just basically hijacked the thing went yep. to the audience it was it was just 
guess what? That was a super special thing because Must Rooker said, yeah, 20 some odd questions, you know, everything from the ridiculous to the sublime. And it is what the man is about. It is what some of those panels should be. Absolutely. Within this scene, the principles of Christmas are explained, but Yondu says there's no way he's going to go with those mushy plans. It's not how we do it in space, Pete and Craglin. Uh, no talking back. I hate Christmas. So there you go, Pete, the beginning of an arc from one perspective to change to another. <laughs> yeah, beats the gifts with the tree uh, to cut to live action with Craglin, Sean Gunn here. The story of how Yondu ruined Christmas forever. Mantis, of course, the empathetic, finds it so sad, but Trax laughs and likes the part where Yondu kicked the tree over. Nebula shakes her head at him, and Kraglin uh, announces that he just saw on the multi calendar that it's almost Christmas time on Earth, so it kind of brings back some of these memories. Nebula thinks Yondu had a point, and really the largest piece, other than the spoiler that was dropped in the Marvel Legends, uh, to come out of this, that ever since they bought Nowhere from the Collector, they don't have time for trivialities like Christmas. They need to fix a lot before it's livable. Indeed, fixing up Nowhere, which... James Gunn has said allowed him to discuss such things here. So it'll be ready to go for uh, Guardians Volume 3. Pete, perhaps some beleaguered uh, critic will be like, oh, it was in the special that you established a thing and I didn't see the special. So bah, go back and watch a 45 minute thing. Oh. Anyhow, Mantis finds it uh, just all of this so heartbreaking. Uh, and we see Star-Lord getting signatures, helping out, helping with the effort here. Meanwhile, Rocket and Cosmo uh, are fixing things up with telekinesis. Uh, Cosmo notes that she will not work if demeaned, and she wants a delicious treat. <laughs> Great there. Before Peter talks to Beezer Mikatukalok. Great name. Uh, and his bandmates who have been mastering their old earth instruments and working on a little ditty that he thought Peter would be able to help them out with since it's about Christmas. Everything that Beezer has learned from Christmas came from Rocket, who learned from Cosmo, who learned from Craglin, who learned from Peter. Uh, and the reminder that this song is, after all, a historical document. Indeed, it's time for the special celebration of Christmas. Uh, here's what's been discovered about the Christmas mystery. Santa is a furry freak who picks locks and puts dung in your socks. Pete, the song is a delight. A delight. Already, I've already paid for it. <laughs> yeah. Just just really fantastic. We're into it. Seven's here doing a wonderful job the the use of music that james gunn across all of his work both marvel and now the distinguished competition that he's helping to co-ceo 
um, what with Peacemaker and making a gigantic hit out of the Wigwams so, uh, song, Do You Really Want to Taste It? Um, this feels like uh, the Christmas version of this. Yeah, he's... Pete, there is no Marvel versus DC, particular. I mean, especially since Marvel keeps winning all the time, but James Gunn going over to the other side, that's not an issue of sides. That is, you know, if we can be getting awesome Marvel movies under Kevin Feige and awesome DC movies uh, and TV shows under James Gunn, this is, this is a good problem to have. Uh, Mantis notes that Christmas sounds so wonderful, but it's been ruined by Yondu. Pete, that's your bringing the story back on track to your central conflict. Mantis wants to help in part because of her secret, which Pete, I have to admit my, these virgin eyes were surprised because I had not watched the Marvel Good, legends. I'm glad. I'm she glad. is his sister. <gasps> what a delightful twist, both surprising and unseen, but also completely believable. Well done. The holiday special. Yeah. Just maybe, you know, the legends people make sure, you don't put something that's being definitively disclosed for the first time out there there in another piece um and uh drax asks her why she doesn't tell people the truth recapping here you know for critics matt right uh that their father killed peter's mother and then tried to kill him and she doesn't want peter to be reminded of that every time he sees her uh but of course drax meant this about the zargnuts that uh, she ate the entire bowl of in the commissary and not about uh, their parentage. Pete, where, nay, when at uh, the uh, Avengers campus in Disneyland, when will the Zargnuts be served? Uh, if, if they somehow were able to spoil the uh, you know, sister bit but not have Zargnuts ready to go this past weekend, then I say, I say shame on them. Um, but what will solve all of this? Perhaps the legendary hero could be given to Quill as a present. What legendary hero? It is, of course, Kevin Bacon. Cut to Kevin Bacon as he gets a call from TV's Kira Sedgwick, his on-screen and real-life wife. Pete, hashtag it's all connected. It is. Would have liked if they could do a little bit more for Kira Sedgwick than just the over-the-phone voiceover, but... At, at least she got included as well uh, in a special that canonizes uh, for the MCU quite a few uh, celebrities. Um, but he tells his wife here he can't wait for his family to get back from New York. And she asks if he got the presents uh, that he's taking out of the trunk there. Everything is set for the perfect family Christmas. Look at that, Matt parallel storylines as the ship leaves nowhere zipping through jump points uh mantis and drax of course attempting to cheer peter up in gamora's absence indeed arriving at earth uh we see that normal humans are staring at the ship uh drax you put on the cloaking device right Yes, he says, turning it on. Uh, she says that she saw him turn it on and wishes that they brought Groot. Pete, uh, Pete maybe part of the reason they didn't bring Groot, you know, this is a holiday special, man. They don't, they're don't. they not like swimming in money here. How about, you know, two makeup jobs, a little CGI for the uh, antennae there and call it a day. 
practical uh, Groot in this uh, special. Yes, yes. It did. I, I had wondered, Pete. I mean, certainly it looked practical. Was the face all practical? Was that maybe CG augmentation I'm, and so I'm forth? I'm sure there's a little bit of uh, some pixels up at the top, but, you know, this more so what that article that we referenced at the top, uh, you know, which mentions, but really should be more about is that, oh, these special presentations allow characters who don't get the full shine of a film, Mantis, Drax, uh, to do that instead of, oh, they finally made it easy for the viewer to just watch a 45 minute story and then not have to watch 30 movies and a bunch of associated series. What are they trying to entertain us? <laughs> um, with the ship having landed atop the Hollywood sign, our crew of Drax and Mantis hit the next stop, the famous Chinese uh, theater. Um, look at Steve, Steve Rogers. No, wait. It's just people dressed up, and it's funny. As we were watching, I said in my notes, they will definitely ask for a tip. I've had that happen at the Chinese theater where one of these costume people comes up and says, hey, you want to take a picture with me, guys? Great, great, awesome. You know, a tip would be really appreciated. Like, oh, I just kind of got hornswoggled. We also have a nice picture here with <laughs> Superman or Dracula or whatever. Um, Pete, it's a living, okay? How uh, about but the Kingo posters visible there? Yeah, I don't really recognize uh, Eternals stuff, uh, but but I'm 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 glad that the actor was so glad to you know uh, to have Kingo show up, albeit in miniature form. Just after Steve Rogers runs away, uh, Drax yells at a GoBot that Mantis apologizes to because they apparently killed his cousin. A lot of uh, sadness done to Drax there, the least of which done by low-rent Transformers. <laughs> um, folks, of course, want to take pictures of Drax, Drax and Mantis, misunderstanding that they are not actually uh, people dressed up as Drax and Mantis, but the God, real Drax and Mantis. Is what the mom <laughs> thinks that he is. Uh, plus, Pete, they tip, and they tip quite well um and as they uh consider a manger we see that ultimately drax does fully beat up a gobot at night they walk the uh strip there with all their cash and wonder if kevin bacon can be in the bar uh cut to the interior with uh one of my favorite christmas songs here christmas rapping by the waitresses that's the longer cut uh people partying and mantis piles uh all of the cash they made on the bar and drax orders their finest libations uh mantis asks the bartender uh if he's seen kevin bacon anywhere why would he know where he is and they drink and mantis breathes smoke mm, more uh, there is a a stylist gentleman who invites Drax to dance. Um, of, of course, as you mentioned, Pete, Drax, more of a drinker. Good times had, etc. Later, their heads hurt, and the duos reflect on none of the new homies knowing where Kevin Bacon is. But what does he even look like? 
uh, a, you know, Sunset Boulevard shop owner lady overhears. She's got a map of the stars. Uh, not giving it away. It's 40 bucks. Um, Mantis at this point, though, no longer has money. Uh, but she powers the worker into getting the map and then getting more money, which is maybe a little a little frowned upon. But uh, we're having fun here with these aliens visiting Earth. Did you notice the other stars uh, besides Kevin Bacon on the map? Um, I feel like I noticed one. Who else was there? It's so quick and you've got to really look. And then there was one that really kind of uh, baffled people. So Margot Robbie is the first one furthest right. Uh, you've got Queen Latifah. Okay. John Cena. Uh, and then, of course, um, Chris Pratt's new father-in-law, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Many people baffled, Matt, by Mark Paul Gosselar. The in-joke, of course, being that frequently these maps have uh, stars, air quotes here around them, not so shall we say evergreen uh pete i'm gonna read it entirely a different way i think we can look forward to mpg <laughs> showing up in uh volume three here one one never knows well look at the connections there obviously robbie and cena uh close to james gunn because of his work over there with the suicide squad um the Schwarzenegger thing makes sense. Uh, should we expect Queen Latifah to pop up in any of these uh, superhero gigs anytime soon? Uh, now that you've decided that uh, MPG is, I, I don't know. But uh, of course, at the end of the rainbow there, the little animation, we have the legendary Kevin Bacon. We cut to ostensibly the Bacon home uh, where he's watching TV, snacking, enjoying life. His doorbell rings and the, the camera there shows Mantis, who states she's looking for the legendary Kevin Bacon. Uh, she rings and rings. but They're ignored. Uh, if only they could hop over the gate, says Mantis. Drax easily tosses her over and then he follows. They're impressed with those Christmas decorations, but you can't take this stuff, although Surely the funny elf and the candy cane deco are up for up for grabs, right? Well, I mean, it seems like they're left out there for them. At least that's uh, what they surmise. Um, he wants the little man and uh, Mantis wanting the candy cane. Uh, so by the time they get to the house proper, uh, and start knocking and then ringing the door again. Um, Kevin Bacon tells them it's not cool to come on private property and ask them kindly to put down his elf and candy cane and leave. Uh, and then announces he's going to call the police and Drax breaks right through the glass <laughs> to tell him he's coming with them as a Christmas present. Uh, Kevin is running away from them, but gets chased throughout the house and so forth. Uh, he jumps uh, off the second floor balcony into his backyard and they follow. Uh, there's a bit where Mantis and Drax argue about keeping what they stole. Uh, but of course, they bring the focus back to loving Peter and saving Christmas. 
well, she's still got her swirly red and white curly man, whereas he left his inside, uh, she says, because she was responsible. <laughs> um, and Palm Clementif's work here, uh, ahead of what James Gunn has since spoken about, more work and, and more of a feature spot in volume three, really, really welcome. Uh, with Kevin Bacon on the run, our heroes are, are of course, right with him. Uh, three Beverly Hills police cars arrive. Uh, they heard that Mr. Bacon needed help. Uh, the policewoman is surprisingly ready to shoot. Uh, the bolts, of course, tickling Drax. Mantis dodges them left and right, putting the police to sleep. Uh, Drax flips a Beverly Hills PD car. But the two men in there are all right. That's right, Pete. They're willing to show police quick to unholster but we don't want them hurt here um and uh mantis explains that she is taking uh, kevin bacon but gives them the candy cane not a man um as she perhaps thought in the beginning finally she catches kevin bacon and mind zaps him uh to be a willing participant coolness he's ready to go shopping and then go with them raiding the christmas castle there before they are on the way home in space, a ship loaded up with stuff, and Bacon is amazed. Mantis asks if he's friends with the Fonz. Oh, you mean, uh, did they ever team up? Well, his real name is Henry Winkler, and he does know him. He's a very nice man. Would they consider grabbing dinner one time, a team up, and Mantis Definitely in the negative on that category. Does not count. Drax asks what it was like saving a small town by dancing like an idiot. And Kevin Bacon explains that was not him, but rather the character Red McCormick in the movie Footloose. And Mantis asks about when he fought and defeated the super strong mass killer Jason Voorhees in the woods. Yet another character, Bacon explains, okay, who actually got stabbed through the neck with an arrow. Drax, of course, finds that hysterical, but Mantis realizes he's an actor and never actually saved anyone. Actors are repugnant, says Drax, and <laughs> Palm Clementif's realistic retching here because of the way she explains actors make her feel gross and creepy when they pretend to be someone else. <laughs> Kevin Bacon, I mean, so game in this whole thing. He says, no, no, acting is a wonderful profession where you get to live all these different lives. Um, but quick, Kevin Bacon pretends to be an actual hero, uh, uh, Mantis says, and she mind zaps him. Now he's a British army hero ready to storm the beach. Okay, fine. He's Batman. Or wait, uh, Bruce he's, Wayne. He's Batman? Batman exists in the MCU? And Bruce Wayne? You know, Pete, in a weird way, it's kind of like, it's like a a quiet like own like in the mcu they have batman a beloved well, keep in mind this was done this written and, and taken care of well before the announcement of uh gun heading to dc to co-ceo there um so really serendipitous but Matt, maybe you remember some of the runs in the 70s where um, they did crossovers. 
True, but my point being that I think, if nothing else, in the MCU, we've established we have Batman as a comic book and movie and TV property, not, you know, a superhero like the Avengers and so forth. So it, it kind of works. It works always. It's both open door and pinky up, closed door. Um, with this whole panoply of performances here, Kevin Bacon is told, no, 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 do it different like you didn't suck. Uh, he notes that this should, he, I'll go ahead and say it, piss him off. But actually, he feels really great. They, of course, hate him. Uh, Back at nowhere, Peter eats alone when he notices Groot watching him and running away. The Smashing Pumpkins Christmas time plays and Peter heads out as Mantis crouches watching. She motions for Drax to turn on the lights. Then she gets Nebula to pull the lever begrudgingly on a snow machine, and Mantis has Kraglin turn on all the lights. This really, really idyllic scene here as they all come out and wish him a Merry Christmas. Um, Rocket turning on a spotlight and Groot pushing out the gigantic gift that we all know uh, is going to both make and wreck Peter's holiday. Uh, the box starting to rock and the person inside saying he's about to pass out because there's no air in there. And then Peter opens it and Kevin Bacon pops out to wish him a Merry Christmas tracks announcing he's not a loser and they don't hate him at all. Why would Dave Batista want to leave this character in favor of other characters? I don't know. It's a delight. Um, but uh star lord here quick to point out wait you got a human being as a present this is human trafficking uh suddenly oh no <laughs> it was mostly better gift for the person that has everything than an actual human living person asks rocket <laughs> um mantis quick to say it was mostly drax's idea of course kevin bacon's still under the the mind zap is totally stoked about the idea um maybe if he was untranced though how would he feel and she does just that and he takes a moment to take it all in. Then he screams, that's a talking raccoon. Beat, I will accept as a low bar, because we're having fun here. Like, the Avengers should be, like, some of the most famous people. Even if you were, like, just merely the raccoon that showed up at the fight against Thanos. Like, these are some of the most important people in the history of the planet Earth. People, creatures, etc. I will go with the conceit that maybe busy Kevin Bacon... Uh, didn't know anything about a bunch of these people and these are not all you know like everybody knows who all these people are Pete we're here to have some fun it makes the scene fun there were fewer actors Matt he was prepping for a role uh, no doubt in a period D-Day movie um, he can't be expected to know Rocket Raccoon build a bear tell them apart um it's believable they're also seeding storyline for the third volume which is going to go into uh rocket's creation um so it's it's not a throwaway gag here um ultimately uh peter tells uh kevin bacon to calm down here the craglin's going to go prepare the bowie to transport it back to earth and as he's apologizing uh group shakes his head and peter calls him out for first of all wheeling out kevin bacon 
uh, even though he supposedly thought it was a bad idea. Um, and he tells Kevin Bacon he's going to let him go and not to run. But of course he does. And, um, you know, while we give Mantis and Drax, you know, far more screen time here and, and Nebula, uh, somebody who got a lot of that benefit in um, Endgame, just to have Karen Gillian here pull out the gun and run after him and, and then announce off screen, you can't outrun me, Bacon. It's just fantastic. The town square is taken apart, and on the Bowie, we find Craglin and Bacon. Uh, Pete didn't have much to love growing up, but he always loved the stories of Kevin Bacon saving the town from dancing. Uh, and Pete did the same thing. I must confess, podcast Pete. Of course, I know the story of Guardians of the Galaxy and so forth, and maybe they make maybe they make the connection ultra clear in that movie. If so, it's faded in my mind, but the notion that within the world of the first movie, Peter Quill was able to save the universe because of seeing Kevin Bacon who saved to dance the, uh, you know, dance to save the town and so forth. It's just, it, look, it's nice to bring it back. And it's nice. You have Kevin Bacon here, the whole thing. It's just what, what serendipity. Yeah. And you know, the process of creating this gun has spoken about James Gunn, uh, not his brother Sean in this scene, you know, he wrote um, Kevin Bacon into it and then reached out to him and said, hey, how would you feel about doing this? Um, I'm wondering if then it was probably too like, oh, yeah, and I know you like to play the music and there might even be a scene for you to do that, too. Well, it being uh, with uh, Kira Sedgwick calling again, Kevin's out with some friends. Would it be okay if he's late? 100 million light years away to get that reception. <laughs> Pete, it's like we say all the time, this time they do it. It's one line of dialogue. Yes. Like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yes. And you say, well, there's the thing in the thing. Okay. Yeah. Box checked. Um, but as you say, Pete, in the town square, uh, Kevin's got his guitar. He's ready to sing about how uh, here it is Christmas time. We get a montage of presents exchanged. Groot gets a Game Boy. Pete hugs Mantis. Rocket is given Bucky's arm from Nebula. Uh, Pete, would you like to address the egregiousness of it? Uh, no egregiousness whatsoever. In fact, James Gunn taking to Twitter the irony, Matt, that this special and the third volume are happening uh, probably later in this timeline uh, because uh, in the 616 universe, James Gunn left some really uh, offensive tweets up there. He had apologized for them long before that. Uh, and then people needed to republicize them. He left them up there because he didn't believe in deleting them and hiding them. And of course, then they came for him. You got one of ours. I, I believe I, I believe he was the payback for Roseanne. If That's I'm my recollection as well. Yeah, correctly. Right. Like Roseanne went down and then, you know, uh, James Gunn was the pound of flesh for uh, everybody's favorite um, foul mouthed uh, 60 plus year old. Um, you know, anti-Semitic um, lady. 
and uh, so the Guardians film was taken away, and what happened? He went over to DC, and the rest, as they say, Matt, is history. The Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, oh, hey, hey, we realize we've made a mistake. Uh, all of the Guardians cast penning a letter uh, to uh, say how much James Gunn has meant to them, Dave Bautista in particular, uh, and ultimately, smartly, rightly brought back so that he could do this, but not before he's made DC um, competitive again and will make them more competitive still now that, uh, you know, he's going to co-CEO over there. Um, interesting how things work out. The icing on the cake here, the person on Twitter taking James Gunn to task that anyone, I think by anyone they meant a woman, anyone could take Bucky's arm, by which Bucky, I think they meant that a white guy could have to fend off a woman and so forth. Right. And, you know, James Gunn's response, you know, uh, dry and witty and zingy and just... Yeah. yeah. Oh, an alien cyborg. Yeah. Like she was feeling Christmassy and she ripped it off and it is indeed Bucky's arm. This is not like a replica or anything like that. Will we ever see it? Well, you know, like that's, this is the perfect fodder for a secret scene. Well, I'll add to it, Pete. I think that, um, I mean, Pete, not to go down the road of another character who had their arm changed just to sell toys, but maybe we get in uh, in Thunderbolts like Bucky saying, yeah, it was just time for a new arm. Look, this one's orange, which means the Bucky figure is different than the last one and so forth. Like, it's all win-win-win here. That, of course, referencing C-3PO's red arm. He won't ever let it go. Oh, now you can tell that I'm a... Uh, <laughs> Of a Force Awakens C-3PO and not an earlier one. Buy me. Buy me. Uh, but, but Pete, back to the presence here. Perhaps some people in our world enjoyed getting the red-armed C-3PO. Uh, but within the world of this story, Cosmo gives Kraglin a dead <laughs> space mouse. Uh, Pete, did we With mention... With a blue bow on it. <laughs> absolutely. And I don't think that we mentioned um, that uh, um, Cosmo, of course, voiced by... Oscar nominee Maria Bakalova. She, of course, of uh, Borat, subsequent movie film, and um, just a great presence. Uh, a great presence. Somebody who I assume we're going to continue into volume yes. three with, and um, another win-win-win example. Yes, obviously, big introduction here, reintroduction, really, since we'd seen the character before, we just not heard her speak. Um, Mantis. Uh, well, the, the nebula uh, dancing here is, is great as well. But then Mantis giving Drax uh, a gift. And of course, it's the elf uh, and Groot giving out the gifts that are dioramas of points of the special. Uh, Kraglin's, of course, is him holding his diorama of him holding his diorama. <laughs> uh, the song, the Kevin Bacon song ends with applause. Now it's time for Kevin to hug the Guardians and start to say goodbye. We love you, Kevin Bacon. Uh, he says he'll be back for Easter, which I have to admit, Pete, was the first time I was like, oh, wait, you could you could do another 
Guardians right of the Galaxy. You could do a Guardians of the Galaxy Easter special. Yeah, like what? That that's a really fun idea. Pete, I'll let you take the next line here about uh about uh <laughs> about all actors. Go ahead. They're not all complete pieces of poop, says Nebula. Uh Pete is stunned. Uh, why did you do all of this for me? Mantis says they heard the story of Christmas being ruined. But but does Craglin actually know how the story ended? Pete asks. We go back to the animated flashback where Yondu uh, sees a Yondu labeled present in the garbage. Right next to Days of Face. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Peter in his room finds a present. It's his own hand blasters. That's right, Pete. Hand blaster origins happened here. Uh, in the present time, Mantis says she wanted something special to be done since Sigh, your father, Peter, he might be, he might be, he is Mantis's father too. Great Pratt moment here. So that makes her his sister. This is the greatest gift that he could get. Lump in throat here, says Pratt, with surprising tenderness and nuance. I'm not trying to suggest, Pete, that he's not a very accomplished actor. He just tends not to get a lot of that asked of him. And here, you know, a really, uh, a really heartfelt performance as they hug and the camera pulls out lights aglow. Yes, Yondu puts his gift on the dashboard there in the animation. Peter sits next to him before they jump. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to all to the mid-credits scene. Wait a minute, Pete. As the credits start, there's a skip credits button, which is a great way. At least sometimes <laughs> I'd have to go back. Like I don't think it was there for uh the mandalorian season two reveal book of boba fett and so forth but whenever you see that that's not time for you to stop mash that skip credit uh, skip credits button um behold the groot tree is decorated uh but he's tired so he puts his arms down that has ruined christmas now they gotta have another special welcome to level seven time to analyze and theorize Matt, we talked about it in the course of our debrief here. These animated segments homage to the Star Wars holiday special and the introduction of Boba Fett. Yes, and though that is um, a much disliked thing, the Star Wars holiday special, uh, I know, Pete, because one year we did a commentary track for it. I think (laughs) I know I had not seen 90% 90% of it before we sat down at a certain point it was like son of a gun this is really kind of painful and I'm running out of things to say and this thing is 90 minutes long and thank goodness there's not an 11 plus minute segment of just Groot's saying I am Groot although <laughs> if anybody in 2022 could make that watchable it's James Gunn and Vin Diesel um, but as for theories here, let's start with this, Pete. Any chance of Kevin Bacon in Volume 3? I think it might be a bridge too far. The thing we're, a lot of people are wondering with these two lines here, hey, I'll see you at Easter, and now we got to have another special. Um, will there be an under-the-radar holiday special uh, in April? right before volume three in may of 2023 that would be really fun and you know you say it once okay fine you say it twice come on now like 
I think we're really calling attention to it. And we know that it was, you know, not a tremendous hardship to do the the shoot for this. Conceivably, there's something there that they would be able to stretch into, uh, you know, an, another special presentation. We haven't heard about any coming, but we hadn't heard about uh, Werewolf by Night until right before it was time to show us a trailer for that. So, um, possibility abounds. I know, too, I had read just in the last week how Hocus Pocus 2 was made for Disney Plus and also the actors were paid for Disney Plus. Like, I guess if it would have been a movie, it would have cost a whole lot more. I just mentioned that because I feel like the ability to sit and go, we're announcing a Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, you're already getting paid for Guardians Volume 3. We've banged out a deal where you're getting money for the holiday special, which is going to be however they've done it. It's going to cost you less money per day or per scene or whatever it is, but it's now icing on the cake to sit and go, and we're going to throw, we're going to actually double that holiday special money because we're doing an Easter one as well, but don't tell anybody that's going to be a surprise drop and so forth. Um, Again, it's kind of like money on top of money. And honestly, Pete, if there's a Guardians of the Galaxy Easter special and it's 35 minutes long, 25 minutes long, 20 minutes long, and they haven't previously announced it. Like, I'll just take that as gravy and surprise, you know, the 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 bunny that breaks into your house and uh, births eggs underneath your tree or whatever, however that, you know, however Easter is going to be mis- misinterpreted, um, to just have that suddenly appear, I'm, I'm totally game for it. Nobody says it needs to be before the new movie either. This could always happen on the other side. You get bacon back. Could be cute. Bacon. A lot of people serve ham at Easter. Could be a lot of fun. Um, I had wondered too. This the quote unquote on screen debut of uh, Maria Bakalova in the MCU, you know, albeit voicing Cosmo and so forth. Am I correct in saying, Pete, that there had been a cast photo that James Gunn tweeted out, and like somebody was was cut out of it? He said we've cut somebody out of it because we haven't announced them yet, and I think it was Maria Bakalova. I just mentioned it yeah. because if they got her to do on-set voice stuff or on-set acting stuff a la Sean Gunn, and that's pretty cool, too. She's got this great buzz. She's got the Oscar nomination. She also, I would imagine, Pete, is not, like, the most expensive person in the room there. So to sit and go, come on in for two weeks and sit on a little stool and pretend to be a dog and deliver these lines so Pratt has somebody to have, you know, to, to have an eye line with, like, that, too, is win-win. Yeah. Um, I was super hopeful that they might get into Rocket's girlfriend for volume three, Lila the Otter. Um, but for them to get Bakalova to play Cosmo, uh, you know, that's a just embarrassment of riches. Um, you know, my, my dream is that a Lady Gaga would play like Lila the Otter and really be able to go at a part like that. Um, but hey, you, you take what you've got in hand. And I think the ability to improvise that she showed in that Borat film, just wildly hysterical, I think a real value to this overall cast. Particularly since James Gunn has said and said and said, it was so nice to do the 
uplifting holiday special because volume three is a heavy character study. Pete, I think that there still might be uh, flying people shooting lasers and a big battle towards the end where robots are smashed or something like that. Um, but if in the conception of the movie, you're like, here's where the here's where the script has Pratt cry. Here's the big heartfelt, you know, nebula return. Here's the this. Here's the that. Um, let's put the X factor in there of a funny character, an improvisational actress, uh, and somebody who can, much like with Wakanda Forever, somebody who can be a kind of pressure gauge to sit and go, you know, this seems a little too dark. Hey, let's get some Cosmo funnies in there. Uh, we have some great footage, some great audio, whatever it is. Uh, I think that's a super useful tool for this uh, as of yet unreleased film. And getting into the nowhere background that the collector's been bought out, that this team of mercenaries has made enough money to be able to buy this location, this setting, um, to be able to use this set. Uh, went on on the exteriors of Los Angeles. This, of course, the Atlanta-based portion of the uh, production uh, made a lot of sense as well. Yeah, I think that it will be interesting. Let's stick with Marvel stuff right now, although I guess this same logic could be applied to uh, to Star Wars and to other Disney properties. But I think the idea of come together for the movie but also have some days where you make the streamer thing. Um, nobody expected this 45-minute holiday special to be the greatest Guardians of the Galaxy story ever, or that sort of thing. Kind of expectations were where they wanted to be. Also, we've dusted off characters who have not had their own movie since 2017. So it's just kind of... It, it, it's, it, this, is, this is a good model moving forward for, I think, especially the MCU with all its complexity um, that probably will end up requiring a major reboot in, I don't know, about 10, 12 years. They might do a galaxy-wiping uh, end boot, uh, end boot, reboot, but uh, that's a story for another day. What the heck's a turtle dove? Um, and Pete, a beautiful bird that sometimes is in, uh, is, is in a tree. The Kingo posters, uh, you know, really nice touch there. Um, Camille Nanjani took to social media to talk about it and, and not just one, they put two in there, James Gunn, you know, really adding to the importance of that character that, uh, Matt hates the film that he's in. Pete, hate is a strong word. I'm just saying <laughs> Eternals 2 might be the first uh marvel studios film to not open at number one if it if it ever gets made pete if it ever gets made how about listen why don't we just save some of those characters okay they're all under contract the actors why don't we just have them show up you know in the uh you know the phase six avengers movies things of that sort oh look pete who's showing up surprise surprise in iron heart it's Oscar nominee Camille Nanjiani. Yay! Like, we could do that. We don't need to go back to the poisoned well and go back to those characters. Thank you very much. So, with Bucky's arm, actual Bucky's Wakandan uh, arm here, having been taken by uh, the alien uh, mercenary cyborg Nebula, clearly somebody who could overmatch him 
despite how some incels would feel attached to their action figure, uh, you know, will there be a returning of this arm? Is this something going forward Rocket will continue to have possession of? I don't think that we are going to have a situation where, like, it never gets explained on Bucky's end in any way. Um, it's one of those little details, again, where the next time you see Bucky, he can reference having the new arm or somebody, so, like, whatever it is. Bucky's not going anywhere in the next five years, nor is Rocket. It could just be a beat where you go, oh, man, it's a callback for the, for the thing four years ago. Um, and it's not really that negative. One day Bucky wakes up, his detachable arm is gone. Okay. Hey, Wakanda, can you do me a favor again, AO? Uh, or that sort of thing. Um, or maybe it's an excuse for Val to get him the evil arm that shoots rockets or things like that. Uh, <laughs> rockets, lowercase r, you know, yes, whatever it is. Uh, rocket raccoons. I Although feel I'm like down it, for that arm too. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those things where, I mean, this is a small detail, but I feel like it's one of those things where Marvel Studios really excels, where potentially there are several executives from several you know, MCU properties sitting in a room together and somebody says, you know, um, Bucky's getting a new arm in Thunderbolts. Okay, well, let's backtrack that. Who can make use of that? You know, Blade, can you make use of that? The Marvels, can you make you? And you find a spot where you go, this is, a, you know, if we're going to do it already for whatever purpose, um, we can backtrack into it to make sure, as always, it's all connected. Transmissions. Let's check the wire. We go to Twitter first, Pete, uh, where the poll was, uh, you know, what did you think of the holiday special? 60% of people said, what a present. A 20% said bacon is a gift. 10% said sibling love. And 10% said that the song was an instant classic. Some replies here. Noel Gardner at Noel Camille says a great holiday special. Marvel is two for two on the special presentations. But what was up with Legend spoiling the Mantis plot? Overall, I really enjoyed it. The music was great, and Kevin Bacon was hilarious. My one issue is how Nebula got that gift. So, again, Pete, I think that's going to be... They're going to address that at some point. They have to, and that the writer-director uh, even took to social media to calm people down about that, and that it's real, that it matters, that that's the actual one, um, you know, helps to have that clarity. We hear from uh, at Steve Thurberge, who says, fun special. James Gunn is just a teenage boy that gets to do theatrical things. Happy that Kevin Bacon was so committed. Can't wait for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Arya needs a spinoff at KCLYLE1 on Twitter. Says, crazy fun, some truly LOL moments. Some of the CGI was meh, but Mantis and Drax were hilarious, and the gift of Bucky's arm was chef's kiss. And Groot's gifts to everyone were hilarious. Now I fully expect to see Bacon back for an Easter special. Sweaterham Lincoln, Tess LC139, says that was a fun, heartwarming, sappy, cheese-tastic Christmas special. <laughs> I just kind of tolerated Mantis in the past, Guardian's appearances, but she is now pretty close to being my favorite. Cosmo, the space dog, was great, and we learned that not all actors are pieces of crap. Merry Christmas! <laughs> uh, next up, David Siller, that's at Siller David Poet. Thanks to Marvel, I now have two Christmas holiday watches to keep in rotation. Last year's Hawkeye, and now the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I need the soundtrack and lyric sheet for the show ASAP. We're going caroling soon. 
The special was an absolute blast, and as others have said, I hope Marvel keeps doing them. They're two for two. We're so lucky Palm Clementif was given room to shine because Mantis is magnificent in this. How do we get a solo movie or a series with just her? I've already seen the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special twice and can't wait to watch it again. Fantastic holidays to all and to all a good night. <laughs> Lastly, Pete, we hear from Darren Bell. That's at Darth Raslin 79. I loved it. I found it really funny. The Christmas song on Nowhere is uh, my favorite Christmas is now my favorite Christmas song. And the present to Rocket from Nebula was great. I enjoyed the action scenes too. Mantis chasing Kevin Bacon in his house was so creepy. It's a shame that the Mantis Peter reveal was spoiled by a lot of sources before the special even came out. After really enjoying this and the werewolf by night, I hope Marvel slash Disney keeps the specials coming. Uh, Spider-Ham Lincoln says that he was lucky enough to not have it spoiled. And Darren Bell replies, the Game of Thrones, Jif Gif, you're a lucky man. <laughs> Pete, to the email inbox we go uh, from Steve Adams. How did I love the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? Let me count the ways. The best new Christmas song since Christmas at Ground Zero by Weird Al. A GoBot cosplay. Give us your best libations. Drax and Mantis arguing like an old married couple. Actors are repugnant. Nebula, always Nebula. And of course, Kevin Bacon. This was, a, this was an incredibly funny, heartwarming, and endearing special. It was a treasure. Until next time, uh, next time, stay fantastic. That from Steve Adams. And now, Pete, the time has come to do the drawing for some uh, digital download codes. Yes, we have for the winner here, I will pick in a moment, a quartet of digital download codes for MCU Phase 4 movies here. So without further ado, Matt, we're going to shake this on up in the little cup here and pull a name. And the winner is Stacy T in LG. Congrats, Stacy. You could certainly be in touch to get those codes. Maybe maybe easiest would be to get in touch with Pete via Twitter. Uh, but certainly congratulations there. Quite a bounty, Pete, for digital download codes. Thanks again to everybody who left us a review. Pete, this Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special outing has, of course, been made possible by those who support us on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. Our thanks to them, as always. And as our year-end bills come due, uh, really the reverse holiday special helping us uh, avoid debt. <laughs> it comes to all the bandwidth and everything we've brought you this year. It's not the 185 uh podcast outing of a 2019 but uh we're not terribly far off we've definitely eclipsed the past couple years 2020 and 2021 so uh thanks to everybody helping us to do that by visiting uh patreon.com slash fantastic geek and pete let's keep the conversation going here how can people be in touch with you on twitter you can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,575 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast, comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the P and the H, all one word, like it today. 
coming next weekend, this upcoming weekend, we will be wrapping Andor Season 1. Beyond that, Pete, we'll be making an announcement, I guess, on the Andor Season 1 uh, podcast there about what we're going to be up to for the next couple of weeks. There being uh, no new MCU, no new Star Trek universe, no new Star Wars. So uh, quite a quite a, a journey planned that is unless, of course, in the next couple of days, Disney announces some release dates, but... <laughs> Usually that's the way. That's why we're holding off because we don't want to promise. And then tomorrow it's like, and coming, you know, the day after Christmas or whatever that might be. So uh, a little tease here. I look forward to revealing it next Star Wars Saturday. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all the listeners and give you the final word. You can't outrun me, Bacon. Bacon.